0: This is the Gospel Revolution.
1: Since you're
2: knocking on the door, you're begging to come in, yeah. I know that
1: all the wild been knocking from within. You are the love you see, A perfect love you need, right?
0: Here's the founder and president of the gospel revolution, Michael Lilborn Williams. Hello, chief cook and bottle washer
2: whip carrier, uh, (laughs) chain jerker, vocabulary corrector.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for your service. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm just Michael. I'm, when I think about the Gospel Revolution, I am just so thankful to be a part of it. Goodness. My goodness, life could have taken me many, many different directions, but I'm just so happy to find myself a part of the Gospel revolution.
2: I feel equally as fortunate i i, I know that I was not born for this purpose and this raising. you know I just don't have any of that. I honestly think that that would be a Blind spot for me in understanding the gospel. If I thought I was picked or chosen for this, now Al Vitale is going to disagree with me completely. But (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, there are people that I know love me. Uh, There's people I suspect love me. (laughs) There's people I know hate me. And there's people I suspect hate me also (laughs) saying, I love you. is just not something I do. You and you know that, but because I'm not real sure I know exactly what that is, because I think the love of God is something that was demonstrated one time. Mm. God, there's so much in that. (laughs) And it was only needed one time. And all of creation culminated to an expression of the love of God at one time where he, with this power called love, engineered the unification of humanity and himself and heaven and Mm. earth to become one place and one person. Wow. That was the act of love. So do I have the love of God? I don't think so. Do I need that kind of love? I don't even think I need it. Uh, and Why we've gone down this road, I will never know. You know, Al Vitale is one of those people who uh, I don't even know what all we would agree or disagree on. But that man loves the gospel so much that uh, it's I think it's difficult for him to separate that there's got to be something. <laughs> That uh, because of the uniqueness of the gospel uh, and the weirdness of me, maybe, uh, that it's almost like there's just got to be something special about this. And it feels really good. I mean, you know, when I'm talking to him, sometimes he expresses that uh you know, he's he'll say, Now Mike, I know you don't, you know, yeah, but I you know, okay. We both know that we know that we know <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, we do. Uh but it's uh, you know, you guys out there, um, uh it's it's amazing that um you know, I don't go around saying, I love you. I love you. I love you all the time. I don't even do it with my, my grandson. And, uh, but occasionally we will have a talk that is, that surrounds that. And I understand there's some people who, you know, I remember when we got programmed, uh, you know, um, uh, love means never have to say you're sorry. Uh, and that love was. um that if, you know, the last thing you say, you know, what's, what's the last thing you're going to say? And I can't ever leave them because if I don't say I love you, what was the last thing I said to them? And then their whole life is shattered if the last thing they did said or didn't say was I love you. And I just don't know. No, I can't do that. I cannot do that. And I'm not going to make I love you a requirement. And then it's like, if we have that requirement, I have no clue why we're doing this. We cut the whole damn thing. Know <laughs> but then it's almost like, you know, then, I, of course, and I have friends. And if they say, I love you, I always say it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't bother me to do that. Uh, maybe it does. I don't know but uh no love is such a uh, you know we we've we got to do an entire series on love. Uh Ethan and I have done a quite a bit of study and you know the word love shows up in the Hebrew uh only as a verb. Mm. Uh, uh, n- uh never as a noun. The word agape uh got into the New Testament um through the Septuagint and uh the description of it. So it's it's gonna require a tremendous you would think something so point blank, straightforward as the word love, but we are really screwed up about what love is. Uh, you know, especially when you see couples and they get married and they're looking at each other at the the wedding day, and it's oh my God, I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> I love you, love you, love you, love you. And three years later is like I hate you. Get out of my house. No. So that can't be love, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm done. I'm just going to stop because I can't find an, uh, where this dog's tail ends. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you, Michael. <laughs> uh, yes, and I love you too. See, I even choked on it. <laughs> Not on my love for you, but just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Please. You're <laughs> supposed to save me from that. I just said you're the you're the guy with the dog chains. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we do want to welcome everybody in and uh, we want to welcome also those who are listening to us. I don't know, Michael, how about in the year 3020? Do you think there'll be people listening to us in the year 3020? Wow, will it uh, will any of us be here in thirty twenty? <laughs> oh
2: man, unless something has happened and I'm not sure it would be a good thing. Um we are uh, far gone in 3020, goodness gracious. So, yeah, that's uh, several hundred years from now and uh what uh 900 years?
0: Yeah, unless we're going to live like uh you know, Bible times. <laughs> yeah, I think we're long gone. <laughs> hey, I've
2: all, I've already lived enough to even surpass Bible times by adding nine hundred years. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I've tried this being so old that I've started answering prayers, and I'm I'm tired of it. I just don't <laughs> like the job at all. But thirty <laughs> twenty, goodness, folks, we want you to know. In thirty twenty, we knew you would be here. Mm. I, we have no way. We are not prophets. We didn't see the future, but we did know that you would be here. So you have to stop and consider whatever the religious fervor that's going on right now in 3020, Uh regardless of the political situation, regardless of what countries and nations exist or do not exist, uh, you know, uh, uh, the fact is, we knew you would be here. And there's a reason we knew you'd be here. It's called the Hebrew scriptures. Mm. It's called the gospel. And uh, I'm sure you've heard that most people who believe the gospel were predicting the end of the world, the end of the world. And that's probably why most of you don't even think there is such a thing as a gospel, because you found out in the last uh, a thousand years that. Uh, since we had done that already a 1,000 years before our time, 2,000 years before our time, that you finally resolved there is no such thing. And uh, But we want you to know by the same means we found out in the same, well, it's not the same gospel, is it? Uh, In the same book uh, derived from the scriptures about what Jesus Christ did that we knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that you'd be here. Mm. Wow!
0: Yeah, it really is amazing to think um, well, what the world might look like a thousand years from now. Wow! And what the gospel message may have or may not have impacted the world uh, to any degree or to a wide degree. Uh, it's very true. Uh,
2: I've I've been captivated this week by 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 several things. I'm like a cat with a laser light around here sometime. So, I've been captivated by what happened in the late 1700s into the 1800s, and actually in the early 1900s, I suppose, uh, called the Enlightenment. And, uh, you know, that was an incredible time. And it was the first time that the general population began to embrace that things happened because of scientific reasons and physics instead of God was mad or. Or, or, or the devil got loose, or God was happy, and therefore, and uh, somehow that enlightenment slipped away from us. Mm. The thing that you and I came out of the word faith movement uh, had no enlightenment in it at all. Uh, I remember, I, I basically when I would my hermeneutics. Was that I had this line that I drew and then made a cross out of it. And on the left side, I had God. And on the right side, I had the devil. And it's literally declared, I can tell you everything that happens in my life and put it on one side of the line or the other is who's doing what. Mm. That's not enlightenment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's called de-enlightenment and we de enlightened ourselves and we went into a dark uh, i'm telling you the word of faith movement is a dark ages concept yeah I, i'm i'm embarrassed <laughs> 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 and because of history we know that you guys have either continued a uh, an enlightenment if you will of the the these incredible things that of physics and science without science then becoming spiritual Mm -hmm. and having to replace the truth of the scriptures. What we are doing for you here today, uh, this 900 years before your existence is trying to show that the scriptures are and the truth of creation is not an alternative to science. That you either go with science or you go with the Bible. Mm -hmm. That is a false choice. The Christian community has caused people to have to make that choice. And, uh, but that choice we have found is unnecessary. There is a uh, real creation. Uh, that led to a real physics world that, that exists, especially after the flood. All physics, most of physics changed after the flood. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so now here we are, you know, and, uh, uh, there's no further expected changes to the physics of this planet between now and 900 years from now. There are, there are none, zero the the physics of this planet today will be the physics you have 900 years from now we got our work cut out for us michael <laughs> <laughs> yes and then you're and you're going to have to take the old man down the road by the hand here so we've got, <laughs> we we've got to get to work cuz i want i just want to play <laughs> my grandsons here i'm in play mode yeah, i got the gospel in me
0: i got the gospel in me i got the gospel Well, Michael, we have been working through this list of the commandments and teachings of Christ um, from a specific Christian group uh, that's given mm-hmm. a, a list of several dozen commands of Christ that uh, we are supposed to be living by. And they admit at the front of their list that it's impossible for anyone to live by this unless they are empowered by, empowered. by the grace of God. Yeah. So w- what we've been doing is we've been examining every one of these, and we agree to the fact that yeah, nobody can. All the ones that we looked at, uh, we looked at nineteen of them so far. That of the nineteen that we've looked at, nobody uh, except for one. There was one who was able to do the will of God, and that was mm-hmm. Christ. As we've been going through this list, I've been amazed, Michael. And we didn't intend to do this, but we found this pattern in which we look at the command of Christ. Uh, We compare it to the Hebrew scriptures and we find a resolution through the parables of teaching Mm -hmm. uh, that Christ gave us, which all point to the fact that nobody could do these things, but there was one who could. And it was the one who told us these parables and gave these commands that were, was the one who was able to do them. Mm -hmm. And last week we, um, we confirmed all of the previous 19 that this was all part of a plan. Ugh. And what we read in the book of Matthew was something that's been spoken of in Christendom. I like when you said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I taught it. I'm sure you taught it. We were taught it as well yeah. uh, in the word of faith movement. And it was this statement. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide Mm -mm. is the gate and broad is the way to destruction. There are many who go by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Narrow and difficult. And we taught everything under the sun that could uh, try to paint this picture of what a narrow and straight and difficult path
1: this is.
0: And we told our congregations what to do, what not to do in order to stay on the straight, narrow gate. And Michael, I, we were wrong.
2: Well, were we ever. And then to try to eliminate the difficult part out of it, because if you really believe the word of faith movement, all the difficult of life is supposed to <laughs> have been removed, yeah. right? Uh, so the difficult thing was sticking with the word of faith doctrine. I don't think that's what it was talking about, right, or anybody else's doctrine who taught their four hundred and sixty thousand different paths of the straight and the narrow gate um we've made a very uh audacious claim to have now understood what that means emphatically uh no apologies. Uh, and the, uh, uh, again, uh, Daniel, I went back and read it. It's like, Michael, do you not believe your eyes? And I went back and I read the last, um, uh, what was it? Three or four words right before that yep. verse, uh, 22, I believe it is. And I, I still can't believe it. How did we just ignore that? What are those words that as said by Jesus right before straight is the
0: gate? For this is the law and the prophets. Wow. Then how does the next verse start? Enter by the narrow
2: gate. And it's a difficult, it's straight, it's narrow, but there's a Broadway and they're not talking about New York. Uh, (laughs) 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 however it can lead to destruction even there this is profound we cannot do another five pound diamond and throw it over our shoulders and say let's go on Mm. so uh when uh daniel and i were looking at this uh we've both been just struck i don't know how many of you got the profound nature of what was said during the show. I, I, we don't want to project uh, an over, uh, overestimation of our brilliance in finding this. Uh, this is brought about because we have followed that which Jesus Christ said to follow about how to learn truth. Mm. Uh, we have followed it and then uh, uh, that translation, if we did nothing else but do the translation of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where Paul, and you can read any translation and it says it, the, the Holy Ghost teaches, which Jesus left us, the Holy Ghost, the great teacher, but he explained that the Holy Ghost teaches by comparing spiritual things to spiritual things. And he didn't just leave it up. And I just, how many preachers, including me? Well, that's spiritual, spiritual. So that means this spiritual is that spiritual. And that your health is spiritual and uh, it's not physical. And the answer spiritual. So you got to compare mm. the spiritual to the spiritual. And, uh, and, and from there, honestly, 46,000 different definitions of it would uh, not cover the ways that people define this. But the spiritual to spiritual, according to Paul, and we are being repetitive here, but it is necessary. That spiritual to spiritual is, according to Paul, is p- comparing the Hebrew scriptures to the work of the cross. Mm. This week, I uh, somebody grabbed my attention by sending me some uh, a post about hermeneutics. It was Chris, our friend Chris. I happened to get uh, food poisoning that day, so I didn't respond to his (laughs) message. And then Corbin arrived, and I'm sure we'll get to talk. But, uh, you know, uh, it got my attention. And so uh, hermeneutics, we're not going to go into that today. I'll probably do some shows on this, actually. But hermeneutics is just a methodology of interpreting anything. Whether it's biblical, scriptural, science, uh genealogy, there's a hermeneutics. Now the, the word itself only was developed in sixteen seventy, so there's nothing scriptural about hermeneutics. Uh the only now taking the term that was developed in sixteen seventy, and it comes from the uh, a, a Greek god Hermon or something, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway, um, uh the uh the what happened with hermeneutics was it almost seems like a deliberate diversion away from how Jesus said to study and learn the scriptures, and what Paul said uh how to study sixteen hundred years before the word hermeneutics came along mm-hmm. what we are doing is studying the Uh, hermeneutics laid down, if we're going to keep the term, we are studying the hermeneutics that Jesus laid out for us and that Paul helped us to understand a hermeneutics that the Holy Ghost is still the great teacher of. Mm -hmm. It's a methodology. And so, and, and you can go to Kenneth, couple of ministries you'll find somewhere he's taught on hermeneutics and he'll tell you how you, I, you guys had hermeneutics, didn't you? In um, uh, in the, uh, Rhema, I can't even remember the name of the place anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we sure did. I remember, um, as we were talking about the other day that we had this little pinwheel that they gave us and it was like the seven laws or seven rules of Bible hermeneutics. Wow. I, I think I can sum this all up. The pinwheel
2: will turn you into a pinhead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it did. <laughs> Guilty as yeah, charged. And now look at
2: that beautiful head. My goodness. So
0: anyway, it rounded
2: you out quite nicely when you came to the gospel. You wouldn't believe the pinhead this man had when I met him. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's just basic. We'll 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 give you some more about that. But there is a methodology to what we're doing. We want to be forthright and open and transparent about our methodology because another methodology is not going to yield or render these results. So, number one, it's all about Jesus. I saw our uh, one of our uh, people that kind of hang around, her name is Kay, and she quoted a beautiful verse out of Psalms and was trying to explain about how to meditate and stuff. And it's like, sweetie. This is all about Jesus. This isn't about us. And uh, this is about what happened to Christ in the process of his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And until we get that out, uh, until you get out of your hermeneutics of methodology of learning the scriptures, until you get you out of the hermeneutics, you've got to get you out of your hermeneutics. If Mm. you are looking to see what this, other than the results of the cross and what it did, if you're looking for what hermeneutics you need to follow to have daily uh, uh, visitations from the spirit and the Lord leading and guiding you and all this. uh, Let me tell you something. Um, uh, Pinhead, pinhead.
0: (laughs) So, what we learned last week was that the, the beautiful context of what we've actually looked at so far. So, of the Ugh. 19 that, uh, commandments that we have looked at from this list, um, all but one are from the progression of Matthew. Uh, the very first one that we looked at was Abide in the Vine. That's from John. But every other one was from Matthew, starting in Matthew chapter 4. Going into Matthew chapter five, chapter six, and chapter seven, and that's where we ended last week. Was this beautiful narrow gate, (laughs) narrow way that uh, Matthew has painted this picture of, and we didn't even know that we were looking at the narrow way until we got to the end. We had no clue. We didn't. And even as we were going through chapter seven, when we started in chapter seven, we were trying to segment these, you know, and, and divide them up by different shows. And we started off you know with Judge not. we started off with uh, looking at the speck in your brother's eye. We started off with uh, casting your pearls before the swine. Mm-hmm. But then we realized as we were going on that all of this was connected. yeah and then last week we did these three together. We looked at how all of this is tied together. And because we read it in context, and Uh, isn't that something that has proven itself, uh, speaking of uh, (laughs) harmony, proven itself to be beneficial is the context, is understanding the context of what was being spoken. And as Michael and I were doing this, I I remember when I was reading it to Michael, Michael said, hold on a second. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I finally got that. I finally got it. And I said, what did you get? And he says, read that again. So I read chapter verse 12. Of chapter 7, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate. He said, stop. Yes. (laughs) What is that narrow gate? It's the law and the prophets. Yes.
2: And what a narrow gate they had. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Please listen to Ethan. Uh, He is explaining this narrow gate to you. Uh, he is explaining the genealogy of this narrow gate. I think we all understand uh, genealogy enough. And and the, doesn't this Matthew start out with a genealogy, right? Yes, it does. Yeah. So Matthew chapter one, let's just, let's, let's go through this. Uh, so there are 28 chapters in Matthew. So uh, chapter one, is the genealogy starting from Abraham all the way down to Christ. And uh, isn't that through Mary or is it through Joseph all the way, or or is that clear? We're not going to try to stop and figure it out if we don't know it, but.
0: And it says, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus. Uh, Okay. So,
2: it's through uh, Jacob and to Mary. Yes. So so that would be mary's genealogy uh, so there's another genealogy, and that it starts at Adam and comes all the way through uh, i've I've told you about i've told you about several of my ancestors, and the only reason that I talk about it is uh, uh, or uh, that I can talk about it is because i've studied it for twenty years and uh, the only reason some of it I know is because it's connected to other people that are very well known, and they've done research on them um uh, because I'm unimportant. They didn't do some research on mine, <laughs> but it so happens that mine connects to the same as theirs, and one of them and I've mentioned this before, but in this context, I want to mention it again, and that is John Punch, my ninth great grandfather the uh, my ancestor that was the half inch purple line on my second chromosome that I found 10 years ago. Danny and I were talking about it and it's like, you know, what were the chances with knowing the, uh, the bringing in of African uh, people into the Americas and all of the genealogy that was wiped out? Cause they didn't even, they were, they were just numbers. They didn't have names. And uh, the possibility, I just knew at that time, 10 to 12 years ago, that that little purple spot uh, on my second chromosome would never, ever be known. And bam, suddenly, I not only know it, he has his own Wikipedia page. And um, without going into detail into that, but see, knowing that can give you an Just from the genealogy part of it, why did this start out with a genealogy? Mm -hmm. Because of the straight and the narrow gate. Wow. Uh, Is a part of it. It's not all of it, but it is part of it. And uh, man, do you realize that all I had to have is just one of those people going back as far as people goes to have not been in place to be the next ones in line, to be produced the next one in line, I would not even be sitting here. I remember presenting this to people trying to get this concept across, and they said, wow, I'd be a whole different person. And I said, no, you don't get mm-hmm. it. You wouldn't be a person. Right. There was to be no existence for you at all. So, I, I wanted to use that to help understand this straight and narrow gate is, uh, is not one for you to find. I, it wasn't up to me to create the straight and narrow gate that got to me. Mm. The straight and narrow gate was there. The straight and narrow gate brought me here. Yeah, It's not one I'm trying to follow. The most important thing you need to know about the straight and narrow gate according to the context, is the straight and narrow gate is not what you follow to get
0: in. It's the straight and narrow gate that
2: brought you here, that brought you in.
0: It's amazing as we look at this Matthew, um, this book of Matthew, as you said, it's got 28 chapters. And as we get to the point where we have gotten to in chapter seven, that we're to follow, there's supposed to be this, uh, you know, Jesus and his teaching is entering to the narrow gate, that there is a progression. Yeah. Now, what we have looked at so far up to this point was the laws, mm-hmm. um, the commandments, is that these commandments are the path. But as we go back to chapter one, as you just did, we're seeing the whole law and the whole prophets. Yes. We're seeing the whole picture Of not just the do's and don'ts, but now we're also looking at the seed. Mm -hmm. We're looking at the genealogy. Yeah. The the genealogy of this narrow gate. And uh, Michael, I have a new respect for the book of Matthew. Especially the first part here because it's really setting the stage. This is the… recorded, this is the first sermon that Jesus preached to anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, What we just went through, chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, the Sermon on the Mountain, it's the first message that he ever preached. And what is the whole thing? It's setting the stage for his whole ministry, Yeah. Uh, all the way from his birth mm-hmm. to this first sermon. This God. is the fulfillment of what we just read. The law and the prophets are the straight and narrow gate. They are. That we are to enter into. And what is Matthew doing? Matthew is proving that very point. Mm-hmm. And he's showing us very clearly. Now, whether the writer of Matthew and we and I'll agree along with the scholars that we don't think it was Matthew that wrote it, uh could have been anybody um who had second third mm-hmm. hand information. But whoever it was was brilliant. They were. At least in the way that they set up these first 7 chapters because they took us all the way through the genealogy which in this one starts with Abraham, Uh, Luke's version starts with Adam, but you put them side to side, you see how they, they match Mm -hmm. up. And then through his birth and all the way through these laws and commandments, it's a beautiful, absolutely Mm -hmm. beautiful picture of the law and the prophets.
2: Yeah. Uh, This is mind boggling. We cannot just move on. So we are going to dedicate this time to establishing why this is an absolute truth. See, when, when you look back at, when you hear about Isaiah and Jeroboam and all, these are all Jesus' ancestors. Yes. This is the straight and the narrow gate. Genealogy was a part of that. Now, mm-hmm. why is the, uh, the narrow is the gate and uh, difficult? What
0: did it say it was? It's not just narrow, but it is… Narrow is the gate, for wide is the way to destruction that leads to destruction, and many who will find it. But narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way difficult. which leads to life. Now, and there are few who find it.
2: Now, you talk about difficult. You just read down through the lives of these people. Mm. This is not the difficulty of your life that is a part of the straight and narrow. The straight and narrow was the difficulty of uh and, and then King David, man, the, the of course, the, uh, the crowning point uh, in this is the King, King David, and Jesus is called King David. And yeah. as we've shown you, the thousand-year reign began with King David. It ended with King David. That's a thousand years, folks. Yeah. And that is just absolute brilliance upon brilliance. And, the, uh, and supports the fulfillment of all things at the cross also. So, Daniel, we had chapter one that
0: gives us the genealogy. And then chapter two, what did we get into? One more statement I wanted to make about chapter one is we have the physical genealogy mm-hmm. of Christ, but then we also have the deity. Um, Because the second part of this that comes in is the prophecy that was given to Mary, uh, which uh, is substantiated by the prophet Isaiah. And he is saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. So we have we've gone through the genealogy to show that Jesus as a natural man. Mm-hmm. would have been uh, from the lineage of David. But now we're seeing that not only that, but of his uh, his spiritual uh, DNA yeah. is
2: God, Emmanuel, God with us. And if we were born again when he rose from the, d- the dead, we are no different. Exactly. We carry that DNA. mm Uh, The DNA of God. Good God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that is uh, chapter one. And then is chapter two, the birth of Christ. Chapter one finishes verse 25 and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus.
2: Brought forth her fourthborn (laughs) son. Yeah, that was easy to
0: say. La, la, la. Yeah,
2: we we only make fun of people we love. So
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we
2: stopped in on this story uh, during this week's uh, lead up to the show, and everybody knows that there were kings. Now, uh, and I stated, uh, uh, started singing, "We three kings," and he, and Daniel says it wasn't three kings. So. <laughs> <laughs> I get rebuked and chastised all the time around here. And I love every minute of it. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, Daniel, take us about these kings. What was happening? We know Herod found out about the birth of Christ. Yeah. And he sent an entourage. Uh, so did some others, but
0: there wasn't three, right? Right. No, it, you know, you remember that part in the story where the whole, all of Jerusalem was in an uproar for these supposed three kings that came to visit Jesus? Yeah. You know, it's kind of amazing to think that why would a whole city be uh, surprised by three kings that would come? Well, if you go back to the Hebrew scriptures, once again, you can find a psalm. There's a, uh, in the book of Psalms, there's a chapter that actually lists the kings. Wow that came to see Jesus. It was all prophesied. And so, if you think about this, it was a whole list that was a lot more than three. So, why would a whole city be in an uproar when three kings came? Well, if you had this whole list of kings that would come to Jerusalem at the same time, um, and think about when a king traveled. A king didn't just travel you know, him and his horse and come into town, him and his camel and come into town. He had a whole entourage. He had his armies, he had his his treasuries, he had his servants, yeah. he had all of these people came with mm-hmm. a king when they traveled and they would have set up tents and, you know, set up a little village and imagine uh, a dozen, two dozen kings that would have come wow. to pay homage to this one who was prophesied for thousands mm-hmm. of years that he would be the king of kings. All of a sudden, these kings set up their little villages around Jerusalem with all of their entourages and all of their servants. And their restaurant, you know, they had to bring their own restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) So, all of these kings would have come in and they would have surrounded uh, to come pay homage to the king of kings.
2: My, my, my. Well, the story just gets more brilliant. And the birth of this child uh and where he was born and um then the diversion there was a diversion tactic that uh had to distract away from the ability to follow jesus yeah and uh so suddenly they they have to escape town, and uh he gets lost to history, if you will mm. uh nobody knows who this child is anymore. Yeah. And uh, then when they started talking about, oh, yeah, he's from Nazareth, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody knows nothing good's ever come out of Nazareth. So, (laughs) Uh, but the diversion to hide, to manipulate and hide who he was. So you would think that that magnificent start, I mean, if that was today, You know, the media would have been all over this and would have followed his every breath and everything that he ever did. Uh, But the scriptures foretold how that a diversion would be set up to where that nobody would know who he was for many years to come.
0: You know, a cool little tidbit that you and I went through last night um, looking at this was the gold, the frankincense and the myrrh. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, gold gold is a is a gift that they gave to royalty. Yep. It was the sign of his royalty, the King David of the lineage of King David. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have the frankincense, which is, um, you know, incense was something that was burned in order to worship uh, a deity. deity, and so this showed the deities side mm-hmm. of him. And then um, myrrh uh, was something that was used in the embalming process. My God. Uh, a preparation for someone's death. And so even in the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, we see the story of Christ. The entire story.
2: And for those of you who have minimized the death of Jesus Christ, and it could have been anybody, it could have been anybody's blood, uh, you know, I want to say shame on you, but we've taught you how not to have shame, and the the scriptures don't allow for shame. And uh, and of your shame, uh, we've gotten... Double, that's all about Jesus, so shame on you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let the diversions God established to defer and uh, detract people away until the story was finished. We don't need you around trying to distract and defer away from the truth of who Jesus really was and what he really did so you can write your own Bible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry.
0: Uh, We're not on board. So up to this point, Michael, we have uh, chapter one. We have this lineage, not only um, the bloodline of King David, but also we have the spiritual uh, prophetic, spiritual DNA that leads from God. And it was prophesied. And then we have this story of the birth of Christ, these kings coming, uh, this diversion happening again. What is all of the story out of? It's out of the Hebrew scriptures. Yeah, the straight and narrow gate. Yeah, and it all brought us up Ooh. to this point. Uh, this is amazing. I mean, uh, whoever wrote Matthew has a brilliant mind and really had grabbed a hold of the story that was told in the Hebrew scriptures. Uh,
2: an understanding that we desperately need today. This is the, mm. this is the hermeneutics that should have stuck yeah. uh but instead uh to try when when people first started even being able to read the scriptures mm-hmm. uh then they placed into the uh, catholicism and into protestantism hermeneutics almost seemingly to divert people away from understanding
1: mm-hmm. this
2: uh because uh the one thing we've understood about the translations is they were all infused with Whatever you do, don't make the king look bad or weak, or we yeah. will kill you. Yeah. Now, that was their hermeneutics. <laughs> and uh, I'm afraid we have been misled by, uh, we were misled uh, by the hermeneutics of Rama Bible Training Center. People have been misled by the hermeneutics of the Southern Baptist Seminary. They've been misled by the hermeneutics. Hermeneutics isn't. You know, your hermeneutics is not somebody else's hermeneutics. Right. There's not a prescribed. But we are telling you there was a hermeneutics uh, uh, long before the 1670 development of this word and the imposition of it to control the way people learn.
0: And then, Michael, as we move into chapter three, uh, we find this uh, character by the name of John the Baptist. Yep, And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said about John the Baptist. Um, he, there's a prophecy about him. Uh, the book of Isaiah says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make, oh, this is interesting, make his paths straight. Wow. So, <laughs> John the Baptist, his very My job. My goodness. Was to illuminate the straight path. Did you did you
2: hide that from me
0: until just now? I didn't. I just (laughs) read it just now.
2: (laughs) So the straight and narrow gate is actually talked about by the last prophet Mm. and the last priest. (laughs) Now you did you did this to me? Don't tell me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. So uh, to. to 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 pause that for a second and talk about John the Baptist, Jesus told uh, one of the women that uh, approached him about John the Baptist, he said that John the Baptist was the greatest of the prophets. Mm -mm. And um, we know that uh, his father, Zacharias, uh, was a high priest. So we see, and then Jesus made a statement that the law and the prophets were until John the Baptist. So this path was all the way up until John the Baptist. And what does John the Baptist teach, prophesy? What was he a priest over? He was a priest over the straight gate, the straight path.
2: My, my, my. He was there as the last one to make sure that we didn't take a wrong turn. Mm. Wow. Well, we got to do a show about the show
0: about the show next week. Yeah, so. <laughs> I want to read that again. The Please. voice of the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. My God.
2: <laughs> uh, now we have a whole, do you see where now something has opened up to to spring us into uh, the uh, understanding of this. Now my mind is flashing back to the mountains shall be made uh, low and the valleys mm. be made high. And uh, anything that it took to make the to clear the path for the straight and the narrow gate, it was done. I mean, wow. it's just it it didn't make any difference. It was predetermined. And uh, John's uh, uh, appearance as the last of two of these major roles uh, to be completed. And Daniel, uh, I'm going to say, read it again.
0: (laughs) The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight.
2: I, can I just think about that a minute?
1: <laughs> uh, make his path straight. Mm. You see,
2: straight is the gate and narrow is the way, was the path of Christ.
1: It's not yours. Yeah. Mm. We have beaten people over the
2: head with this. For 2,000 years. Yeah. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way. And Jesus said, I am the way. It mm. wasn't the broad way. Yeah. And uh, few there be that find it. Well, let's take it down. You know what the term few means? Anywhere from one to a small number. Mm hmm. I'm going with the word one in this. Yeah. One.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, just like the we mentioned that last week in the book of Hebrews it says that I have come, O Lord, um in the volume of a book to do your will. Yeah, in the volume of the book it is written of me mm-hmm. to do that will. Yeah. There was one who did the will.
2: Only one, only one, only one, only one. Stop trying to make this magnificent Gospel and the scriptures that foretold it, the life that did it about you. Now, Mm. God made it all about you. Yeah. But you shouldn't make what God did all about you. Mm -hmm. uh, Because all you're going to do is become a spiritual junkie. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I've talked to these people and they are junkies. It's like talking to drug addicts. You know, the Lord did this, and then the Lord did that, and oh, I'm just, I'm centering myself in the Lord, and and then the Lord said this, and the Lord did that, and I'm, you know, you're a junkie. Yeah. You
0: know, uh, you, you need to come clean. <laughs> <laughs> so, then the story progresses. You got John the Baptist. Now John the Baptist has his encounter with Jesus, mm. um, and he said that, I think it's in the book of John, that. I indeed baptize with water, but there's one coming after me who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And just as he was saying that Jesus shows up, (laughs) he shows up at uh, the River Jordan and he comes in and he tells John to baptize, John the Baptist Mm -hmm. that I need to be baptized. And uh, John said, I need to be baptized by you and you're coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, "Permit it to be so now, my God, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill
2: all righteousness. Straight is the gate, mm. and narrow is the way. And I think John said, "Whose shoe latchets who were walking this straight and narrow path, he was not even worthy to latch the shoes that walked this path." Mm. That walked those shoes that, that John said he was not worthy to latch them mm. were the shoes that walked the entire human race into the kingdom of
0: God. Wow. This is amazing.
1: Mm.
0: Then as we move into chapter four, uh, we see that Jesus is tempted in the wilderness. He has this 40 days where he's tempted of the devil. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he starts his ministry. Mm -hmm. Uh, and one of the first things that Jesus said, and he repeats something that John the Baptist said, which is very important, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. My God. And man, that, that was one of the, the commandments that we looked at in Matthew chapter four, verse 17. Uh, from that time, Jesus went, began preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah, and we looked at repentance. Repentance is not uh, what Christianity has made repentance to be. You know, mm-hmm. to confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, confess your sins, and He's faithful and just to forgive you. Uh, that's what Christianity has turned this repentance in. Uh, but Jesus is saying, "Hey, everything is about to change. Repentance to change your mind, to change your ways, to change the way you're thinking, because there's a new way coming, and that's the kingdom of heaven." I'm leading you all down the straight gate. And once we go through the gate, everything is about to change.
2: Yeah. Wow. Uh, These shoes were made for walking, right? (laughs) And uh, this path was walked for us. This is Mm -hmm. not the path we walk. This is the path that was walked for us by Jeroboam, by uh, Zerubbabel, and uh, You know, you go right down the line and uh and then look at the list of those path walkers in Hebrews uh that by the faith of God, they walked these paths, not their faith. You mm-hmm. will not get that out of that chapter if you read it in context. It was by faith that they did it. But if you read the first part of that chapter, it is by the faith of God they walked this path. Yeah. And straight is the gate, and narrow was the way that they were walking. Mm. And it took a prostitute in part of that, uh, uh uh part of that straight and, and narrow gate, uh right down to the finite. The and and we do want to hold the mind to the fact that everyone, uh the two people doing this power cast, all of those listening. All of those not listening, uh, if uh, in your own personal life, there was a straight and narrow gate that has been uh, followed by others that got you on this planet, Mm. you didn't do anything. And the comparison of that is laid out throughout the scriptures. And uh, as much as born again is born again, You being born, you have as much to do with born again as you have to do with being born. Mm. A straight and narrow gate brought you to this place. One so straight and so narrow, Uh, so straight and uh, so narrow, not predestined, but still straight and still narrow, that even one one person out of place over the last several thousand years you would not be in existence.
1: Mm. My goodness.
2: We just don't realize the power of just being alive. Yeah. Just being here is such an amazing thing. Now, the thing that we don't need to go into is to then try to spiritualize that there's no spiritual reason that I'm here. Uh, But the fact is it was a straight and a narrow gate that, brought me here, but not a prescribed one. Mm. I am here and Daniel is here and we are doing this and we are so fortunate to do it. But you see, because uh, we live in a world of chance and possibilities, there's the chance and the possibility that the whole world could experience this.
0: Just a picture of how much and how easy it is for this whole storyline to change by one decision by Mm. one choice a personal story of mine of my uh how i came to be uh my grandfather fought in world war ii and he uh, served the navy and he was in a submarine that's where Mm. uh, he was stationed and he was coming back to the states after um one of his tours And a buddy of his came to him and said, hey, listen, I'm trying to get back this week because I've got this much time and I want to go home, get married. And I've already cleared it with our superiors. If you're okay, I want to take your spot on this submarine and you take my spot on the next one. Oh, Daniel. And my grandfather said, yeah, go home, get married, You know, do that. And that submarine that my grandfather was supposed to be on sunk and never found it ever again. And it was just that one decision. If it weren't for that one decision from my grandfather, allowing this guy to take his place, then my whole family would not even be in existence today.
2: Straight is the gate Mm -hmm. and narrow is the way.
0: So, up to this point, Michael, we see the lineage, we see the prophets, we see the priesthood, and now Jesus is about to teach the law.
2: And then he went through the temptation. Let's re- re- recap what the temptation. It wasn't sex, drugs, rock and roll. <laughs> right. I will never forget when I first started teaching this, you know, 35 years ago, Jesus's temptation was to challenge his identity. Mm. If you're the son of God. Wow. Do it by your works. Do you realize if Jesus had succumbed to proving who he was by the temptation Of proving it by doing something, bam.
0: Yeah. The whole thing would have been messed up. It
2: would have collapsed. Mm -hmm. Uh, No wonder he said, get thee behind. No wonder, you know, and he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, uh, not to strengthen him, but it said he was weakened by that fast. Mm. And uh, so people try to fast, you know, 40 days and 40 nights. Everybody knows my story on that. I'm not going to repeat it. Sometimes I bring things up and people. I know a lot of people think, oh, God, here we go again. we got to hear this one all over again. <laughs> because I did that with Norval, I heard his stories over and over and over again. But yeah, that temptation is vitally important. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way. And temptation had to be a part of that straight and narrow gate. Mm. And Jesus walked that. Yeah, That's not your temptation. Mm that was the temptation of christ and wow. it is finished
0: yeah yeah then as we get into it we start jesus starts teaching the law in a way that no one has ever taught it before and that's chapter 5 right yeah that's chapter 5 so
2: this is the beginning of the sermon on the mount correct now let's let's look at this so we've we've shown you these three chapters before Really laying out the straight and the narrow gate. And now Jesus is te- teaching the specifics of the law. Mm. And in chapter five, the specifics of the law were to result in perfection. Yeah, And we're not going to go through that definition again. Perfection means perfection uh, because it has to be the same as God is perfect. Whatever the definition of the word is, it means mm. perfect. So then Jesus begins to go through a series of examples, some of them almost proverb in nature, some of them in absolute uh, direction as to what needs to be done. Uh, We were able to see that seek, ask, and knock were things already established in the Jewish community. These were laws. That you had to open the door, you had to feed, you had to house, you had mm-hmm. to watch, you had to, uh, this, this was a part of the Jewish culture. This is not a part of a prayer life on this side of the cross. But this sermon lasts from the beginning of chapter five until the very end of chapter seven. This is one single sermon And believe me, Jesus is nowhere near as disjointed as I am when I give a sermon. Uh, Everything that he said was prescribed. Remember, he said, I don't say anything except my father Mm -hmm. uh, is the one that told me to say it. So here we accept that from chapter five through uh, chapter seven, the Sermon on the Mount is that that Jesus's father is uh, has handed him his sermon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, OK, dad. Uh, OK, this is OK. Yeah. All right. I got it right here. And and, uh, and this is what Jesus preached. And uh, my goodness, uh, what Jesus preached is amazing. How would you uh, summarize that? uh five, six, and seven, those that uh, those three chapters. Now remember there's twenty-seven chapters, so we are taking you a quarter of the way through Matthew with mm. this entire straight and narrow gate. And also uh the other things that we have uh, learned. Seek, ask, knock, all of this stuff.
0: Yeah, I and I think it comes down to um 5, chapter 5, verse 48, therefore ye shall be perfect as Mm. your father in heaven is perfect, as he has given us this list. And let me review some of these. These are ones that we have looked at Mm -hmm. in our previous podcast is follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Oh, we did do that one, didn't we? (laughs) (laughs) Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works.
2: Mm, We did that one.
0: You can glorify your father in heaven, Uh, honoring God's law. Mhm, to be reconciled uh not only with God but also your brother and your enemy, the one I really enjoyed, do not lust <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: <exactly. laughs> uh, and that one we looked at not only the sexual side of things, but we looked at how that was compared to having other gods before you mm-hmm. um, going the second mile, if you know you've heard it said' an eye for an eye and tooth for tooth but. Hey, if someone comes and takes your cloak, you give them your coat as well.
2: Yeah. Seek ass knock.
0: Yeah. Uh, love your enemies. Don't, don't only just love God, don't only just love your family, but also love your enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just quoted there, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Practicing your secret disciplines, prayer and fasting to do it in secret and, and your giving. Lay out for yourself, not treasures on the earth. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And then the just the last couple of weeks that we did, judge not, do not cast your pearls before the swine. Ask, seek, knock, do unto others.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Choose the narrow way, and beware of false prophets.
2: You are so organized. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, that is what Jesus was teaching here in chapter 5, 6, and 7, is how to be perfect.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, if, if you think that you can follow this straight and narrow gate, mm-hmm. this is the way. Uh, but as we have gone through each Ugh. and one of these, is we found out that no one was able to do it except for the one. And in each one of these, through the teachings of Christ, through the Hebrew scriptures, and through the parables, we found that they all pointed to Christ. Yes, and Christ, knowing
2: this, knew the only way to get us into the kingdom. He was the only one who could enter the kingdom. Mm -hmm. To do that, he had to go to a cross, and we've gone through some of the descriptions of that. The glory is not in the way he suffered, but who he was as he suffered. Mm -hmm. Not to minimize the suffering, uh, but it was who he was in the suffering what that suffering accomplished because the straight and narrow gate was the path that followed Jesus. I mean, that was Jesus. The last thousand years of history was Jesus, right? Uh, King David. And um, then Jesus gets ready to enter the kingdom of God and uh, to bring the kingdom of God and to enter the kingdom of God. And he pulls the entire human race into his body. And passes from death unto life and brings the entire human race into the kingdom of God in his body, his risen body. Mm. Now, if you've got some other doctrine you want to play around with, you just go ahead. But uh, if, uh, if you respect it to any degree, the scriptures, or if you respect in any degree, the work of Christ, uh, you need to pay attention to this. Mm-hmm.
0: And then we get to the point where we, um, we started today, and the whole purpose of us stopping uh, our teaching to go back and to review this mm-hmm. is, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it. But because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Wow.
1: Mm.
2: And there was one who found it.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: And simply, he uh, he understood, and like we said, he just took us inside him and marched right on into the kingdom. mm and it, you know, and Paul affirms that he says that we have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. You see, we didn't go through a straight and narrow gate. Uh, we were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. That translation, that transportation out of into was in the body of Christ.
1: Mm. Mm-mm. yeah
2: that's what I call a fast train now yeah. you know uh, <laughs> uh that is uh maximum capacity and uh, everyone arriving safely in a whole new world yeah and uh it's just uh, it, it is much to be compared to those getting off of the ark uh because it is compared to those getting off of the ark uh, and uh, we all, the entire population at that time stepped into an entirely new world, just the same as those who walked off the ark. You see, they had, they had not experienced the environment that was, uh, present after the, uh, flood. That environment had never existed before. Mm-hmm. And so that is the comparison that we have. To uh, understand that, uh, you see, I I can't. I remember when I started realizing that the cross was so drastic. And I remember making this statement uh, decades ago that the air must have breathed differently Mm -hmm. before the cross. I didn't know how to say what I was seeing. Yeah. and uh so that's the that's what I would say is that the air must have breathed differently. the moment that Jesus rose from the dead, there almost had to be a oh, oh, that's the first time my lungs have been full that's the first mm-hmm. time my brain oh my gosh, my brain is functioning and I you know i I just I, I, I tried everything in the world to come up with comparisons i they have fallen short every single one of them. Uh, but we have magnificent understanding uh, through Paul's teaching and Apollos as to seeing the results and understanding this whole new world. Mm.
0: My goodness. Context, context, context.
2: Well, now, isn't that the truth? I, and and I, that's all we're doing, folks, is that we are taking what Jesus said as to what teaching and learning would be like after he's gone. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between the teaching and learning that was to take place before he left. The disciples stayed stuck in the teaching and learning process before the cross. It's obvious that they did. Paul learned from the risen Savior for three years Mm -hmm. in some capacity. I don't understand it, and it's not clearly stated but it is definitely made clear that this did take place in the desert. Following this on through to the power of this uh, understanding of this whole new world, how new? Not only was heaven and earth now one place, God and man was now one entity. Uh, folks, all you can do is learn about that. You we we're a result of the process, just like Daniel is a result of a decision made by somebody else two generations before him uh to take one submarine number one, the fact the guy was on a submarine was a little precarious, and to say the very least, in the middle of a war, but then this one single decision this one thing, and for that reason and for that decision only. I we are doing this. Mm. Is that difficult to comprehend? It's very difficult to comprehend that neither Daniel nor uh, uh, his is that on your mom or your dad's side. My mom's. So your mom and uh, 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 my goodness, those two little girls that you have, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, goodness gracious, uh, uh, everything's different. Yeah, but you can't change. What brought you here? And it is time that the world wake up and realize we cannot change, add, nor take away from the process that God himself predestined. Now, I was not predestined and neither was Daniel, but Jesus Christ was predestined to be the vehicle of change that would would include the blood of a man and the blood of God himself. God became blood. God, by infusing spirit with humanity, developed a DNA. Mm. And now that DNA, by the process of death, burial, and resurrection, abides in all of humanity. It's really
0: quite amazing. And so it is We Must Leave You, family and friends. If you'd like to know anything about the Gospel Revolution, then call our office on 832-318-9339. And speak to us about how you want to participate. Or go to www.gospelrevolution.com and hit the Connect link. You can find us on your favorite social media network, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Please be sure to hit that subscribe, share, and like button on whatever platform you are listening. Now it's good night from Daniel Rouse in the Frozen Tundra.
2: And it's good night from Michael Williams right here in Clarksville, Tennessee, where it's cold.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm the one that's supposed to be frozen.
2: I know, I know, but I get th- I'm the one that's supposed to complain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We sure hope that you enjoyed today's podcast And remember, we'll be here to do the same thing all over again next week, only...
2: Colder, I mean better. <laughs> Since you're knocking on the
1: door, you're begging to come in, yeah. On the weather all the wild, been knocking from within. You are the love you see. A perfect day you need, right? Lost and alone, staring at me, oh no, this word be the dawn. It's worth me to come. We We are one. We, we are love, We are. Knowing you gotta be nothing to complete. It's not a thing that you need. You're the love. Just remember to breathe and take a second off Look, like I'm just trying to remind you that you're
0: Deconstructing religion and barbecuing the sacred cows of Christianity before your very eyes. You are listening to The
2: Gospel Revolution. <laughs>